Welcome to episode number 128, Bad Boys. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe Goose and the man of the hour, Jared Eisenhower. Bad boys, in this episode we have special guest Jared Eisenhower, Bucks County Detective. We cover topics that range from law enforcement, bad boy bloopers, the art of detective work, going undercover, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Jeff Foxworthy and Marcus Aurelius. All right, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Guys, don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off with a definition from dictionary.com, we define the word detective. They find it as a member of the police force or a private investigator whose function is to obtain information and evidence as of the offenses against the law. Jared, what do you think about that definition? Is that good? Is that accurate? <laughs> I think it's pretty accurate. I mean, it tells you what it's about, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. All right, cool. So I'm super pumped up for this. Uh, Jared's a close family friend of ours and a uh, pretty badass job that he does as a detective. So we're just going to jump right in, explain to us, and for everyone listening, who you are and what you do. So basically, uh, my assignment right now, I'm a detective with the Bucks County District Attorney's Office, so I'm a county detective. I work under our great uh, district attorney, Matt Weintraub, and, uh, you know, we have other, uh, there's chiefs and deputy chiefs and so forth. So sure. my assignment is with the uh, Narcotic Strike Force. Nice. Awesome. All right. So, so let's, let's backpedal a little bit here. How, how did you get started in uh, law enforcement and uh, what made you become a detective? All right, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good story. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. nah, so anyway, so. In 2005, um, we'll actually go even back further. In 2004, I was working at a corrugator plant, and you would see a lot of, like, layoffs, and I always wanted stability because, I mean, everybody wants to eventually have a family and so forth. And back in 2005, I was, what, 22. So I wanted to uh, start planning my future out a little bit. So what I did was um, I started doing mortgages, and I was a mortgage loan officer, and I was looking to see – if I if I went to work every day, that I would have stability. Yeah. So, in a corrugator plant, when you're working in a factory, you can go to work and be the hardest worker every day, and it doesn't matter because you could be laid off, right. and then you could lose that job. They could outsource and so forth. They're never going to outsource police work. Right. So I decided right then and there that I wanted to be a cop. Um, I had some family that was in law enforcement, but the main reason was stability to uh, start a family life and so forth. That's awesome. Um, all right, so so how do you go from you know just being you know getting starting your career as a as as a cop, but now moving into uh, a detective because that doesn't just happen overnight. As soon as you you know you sign up for the gig, no, no, no. So I actually took the long route. Um, I put myself through the academy, so okay. I wasn't hired by anybody. So I just kind of rolled the dice, um, went through Temple's Academy, and from there I went to uh, Tullytown Borough. I started as just a part time cop. Um, I have a lot of respect for part-time cops because they're, they're doing it for basically half the cost. They get no benefits. They get no, um, 
they don't get the perks like a, a full-time officer gets, but right. yet you still work the same amount of hours. So I worked 40 hours a week, but I just didn't get the perks. So it made me appreciate what I have now much, wow. much more. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Um, so, so getting into the whole detective thing, I'll tell you, everyone knows this. Uh, it's not an obsession. I think it's more of a fascination yeah. uh, with the mob and, and, and not even like recent years or anything. Just I always like that old school. I just like the 20s vibe and all this other stuff. So I'm always fascinated how these people, um, you know, come from another country and make it, you know, the way they make it is one thing. But it's just, I, for some reason, it's fascinating to me. Um, now, one of the things that uh, I, I was watching a, a, a documentary on the Philly mob, and on the Philly mob, you know, they're explaining, you know, you know, without saying any names, but these guys would turn and, you know, work with law enforcement and get, you know, uh, wired up. I don't know, you could probably speak more towards that, but they would be freaked out because in the mob, they, you know, when they get handshake each other, they're like feeling each other up and all this other stuff. What Have you ever been involved in anything like that where either you yourself had to be wired or, you know, you witnessed it? So there's, <clears throat> there's actually a couple stories with that. So, um, yeah, actually, I, I've been patted down a million times. I mean, um, we uh, – so in my position since 2008, I, I started working narcotics. Okay. Um, so I've been undercover plenty of times. I've worked you know, thousands of drug jobs. I've, I've been doing this for a long time. So as far as, like, being patted down, I've been patted down many times. <laughs> you know, it, it, usually you'll get the handshake, and they'll yeah. come over and squeeze you with a hug. <laughs> and, wow, this guy really <laughs> loves me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and meanwhile, they're patting you down. But uh, one of the times, actually, I was patted down. Um, I don't know if you want to go right into the stories yeah, now. Yeah, let's not. go. All right, let's do All it. Right. So it was actually I was doing a, uh, a buy in, in – Marsville. I can I can say it now because it's been enough time. But okay. uh, I was doing a buy in Marsville, and every time I would do a buy, like normally I would just go in the one apartment complex. Um, now what's and, a buy? So a buy is it's basically where I'm an undercover, okay. and I would make an arrangement to buy some type of drug. Oh, gotcha. Um, off of a drug dealer. Got it. So um, I arranged that buy, um, and. I was meeting with the drug dealer at the time. I've bought off of him before, okay. and it wasn't for that much. And, you know, like everybody else, you get lax a little bit. Um, so we just did the buy. I was ready to go. Um, I, I called him up. I met him at this apartment complex, and normally it would be in, we'll just say, building A. Okay. Um, so I walk into building A, and he's not there. But there's two other guys on the other side of building A. So it's basically like a throughway into the hallway to the other side. Right. And they wave me into another building um, where he's waiting. So as soon as I go into that other building, um, there's a, a guy and a girl there and the guy that I've been buying off of. And as I go in to do the buy, um, the girl actually puts a gun to my head as, we're, as I'm walking wow. in. So as, as I'm sitting in there getting ready to do that, um, now, wait, now, what the heck is going through crazy. your mind right now where someone, I, even, you know, whether it's just simply a threat and that you basically, or you probably know they're not going to do it. The fact is you don't 100% know what's going through your head. So I always ask everybody. So one of the other things I do is I, I teach um, about these things. So yeah. one of the things I say is, what would you do in that situation? So think about it. Like that's, that's what I, I always try to think. I know what I did, yeah. but I always try to ask people, what would you do? And yeah. when you're put in that situation, ask yourself honestly, what would you do? Yeah. And what I did was one of the things I always like to do is I always like to take control of the situation, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody likes to control situations. Yeah, yeah. So 
what I did was the first thing I did was I, I smacked the gun out of my out of the, the girl's hand, but I just kind of pushed it away. Yeah. Then I had a lot of money on me because I was there to buy drugs. Yeah. yeah. The most important thing to a lot of drug dealers is that they want the money. Yeah. Right. Sure. So what I did with them was I just took the money and I threw it. Yeah. I threw it at the guy and I said, if you don't want to do this, I don't want to do it either. Take my money. And yeah. I act like I was leaving. Yeah. That immediately brought them back because they know that I was good for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it calmed the situation down right away. I was scared. We always people there, multiple other cops that are ready to move in if something's wrong. Gotcha. Well, they didn't even know where I was because I went to a different apartment that time. Right, right, right. So luckily, I sit here before you. Wow. We made it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And it it is tough. That's that's awesome that, you know, that you you pose that question to people because we could always sit back and say, oh, I would have did this. I would have did that. It's like what you're saying. Really think. Like, but really think what would you actually do? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure, but that that is a crazy wild position. So, so is that something that you had to do multiple times to kind of build the case, or how does that work? So, immediately following that, obviously, I, uh, we weren't going to put me back in that position. I yeah. mean, let's let's face facts. At the end of the day, the most important thing is to go home to your family. Yeah, no, yeah. regardless, yeah. you know. Absolutely. So, that was the most important thing for us. So, I never went back there. We ended up serving a search warrant on the guy's house and we ended up locking him up and the girl up. So that was, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so being a a detective, what, what, what is it like gathering the facts and, and, and collecting the information? Is there a specific process or it just depends on the situation? Um, I mean, there's kind of like a, a process that you follow. Yeah. Um, but nothing's ever the same because no person's ever the same. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I can interview, 10, diff- 10 people, 10 different ways. And I can do 10 different things, 10 different ways. But I always want the end result is to always make sure the bad guy goes to jail. Right. So there's a bunch of different, there's a, many different processes in it. Okay. Um, so, so when you say you have your, you know, your partners, I know there's a thing with uh, a lot with military um, and obviously with law enforcement. How, how do you build the bond of, you know, one of your, your partners and stuff like that to actually have that trust? And Because in the back of your mind, I'm like, all right, that's this dude's job. But once you see a gun pulled to someone else's head, you're like, dude, you, does this guy really have my back? This guy or girl really have my back? Like, how, how does, do you get, is that an assignment? Is it something you get to at least have a word in? Or is it like you're trusting you know, your, your manager, your, your rank, your, uh, your boss to pick the correct people. So a lot of times they'll assign you. Um, but then when you're within like a, a unit, like I was, so when I, I first started out, I was in Tullytown and yeah. you don't have partners there. You just kind of hit the street. You work with the different groups of people. Then I went to Bristol township. And while I was there, um, I was on patrol first for a little while. And then I got assigned to the special investigations division where they first assigned me one partner, um, and then I was given the opportunity to either stay with that partner or move on to another one. Um, I moved on to the other partner, and he's actually one of my best friends. Wow. So you got to think, you're sitting in the car with that person a minimum of 40 hours a week, and your life is in their hands 40 hours a week. So you have to have a special bond and a special (laughs) trust for that person. Yeah, yeah. That's heavy. Um, so you said you started off in Tooley Town, and in Tooley Town, you're basic. There's no partners. Do you remember the first person you like you pulled over? The first thing that you did by yourself, and like what the heck is going on in your mind? So, 
my first night on patrol by myself when they said, go get them. <laughs> yeah. right? That's so crazy. Dude. You're like, wow, this is really happening right now. Right. And you're, and I'm young, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you don't realize, you don't think you're young at the time, mm-hmm. but you're yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. Um, I pulled over 28 cars. I just wanted to pull everybody <laughs> over. <laughs> what? Right. Oh my God. That's too, f- how long was this shift? It was eight hours. That so. is the funniest thing ever. Wow. Just anybody and everybody that was doing something they shouldn't have been. I, I, <laughs> now, is, is, is that like a, uh, like a rites of passage? Is that like a thing? No. I mean, a lot of people treat it differently. Like yeah. Some people go where they, they don't want to do that. Like some people yeah. do it where they, they're afraid or they only want to do like one or two and then that's it. And they kind of you know, start off slow and taper off from there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just... Listen, listen. You got horses in the stable. You got to let them run, right? Dude, that's too funny. But do you remember like the first person, uh, or maybe the first car you pulled over? Do you you kind of remember that? Or I do. It it was you. You would have thought it was by the book. I mean, everything I did, I was supposed to do right. I wrote him the ticket. Yeah. I probably messed up the whole ticket. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So you're nervous yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as a cop, you get you have the right to take away somebody's freedom. So yeah. I would never take that for granted. And I would yeah, never yeah. push that limit. I would never, yeah. you know, even then on my first day, I knew I, I always have always treated everybody the same out of those 28 cars. I couldn't tell you, I wasn't picking anything out, but violations. And yeah. I probably let 27 of them go yeah. to be honest with you. Cause I just wanted to get the feel for it and yeah, learn yeah. how to do it. Yeah. So, um, now I notice on the side of the roads, and obviously we've all like pin, been pulled over mainly for like speeding violations, yeah. but it, it changed over the years. When you pull someone over, and I, now I don't know if you know uh, highway or state troopers is any different than when you're local, um, like just in town you pull someone over, and I guess it has to do with space, but they're parked behind you, kind of like in an angle, and then they go around to the passenger side. Whereas before, if I got pulled over, I felt like I was getting pulled over just the dude's right behind me and then he just comes right to the driver's i don't know if that's anything that's a technique or anything different or what so when you're when you get pulled over, i mean the the angling of the cars in case somebody hits you from behind you want the car not to to try not to hit the other car as much as possible you right. want it to you, basically be a barrier between you and that other car right um when you go to either the the passenger side or the driver's side you, you want to try to have an element of surprise because it is dangerous it's it, yeah it's a very dangerous job and um you know you don't want to just like you said where everybody thinks that you should go to the driver's side right if maybe somebody has a gun and they're looking at you waiting for you to come up on the driver's side and you come up on the passenger side gives you that advantage so now what is the like i see a lot of backup nowadays so it's a cop you know some you get pulled somebody's pulled over and there's like you got the car and then you got like the suv behind him um me and my me and my pop, I remember he was picking me up from Temple, and uh, we're on our way home, and he 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 ate a red light, making a left hand turn. So we got pulled over or whatever. Now somebody was uh, a cop was talking to my dad on the driver's side, and another cop was just staring at me in the passenger side, didn't say anything, was just literally just looking at me. I'm sure they're like scoping out the scene or whatever, um, and I'm sure they probably uh, deal with a lot of you know. Uh, knuckleheads so to that in my mind i'm like i don't know they're probably just but it was like i've never seen or saw you know or experienced that before is there is that a technique or is that just something that's maybe so, philly does <laughs> <laughs> um so i i mean i can't speak for him i don't know if he was staring at you or just staring in your eyes or doing whatever he was doing yeah so when i would do it is i i would be looking so yeah. I, I would look 
um, a lot of times we'll get like a tunnel vision, right? Where yeah. we don't we don't see the obvious. So what I would do is I would try to take that away, and I would look around for everything on the floor, anything. I mean, there could be any sign of anything else. Like it's it's not always as obvious as they're just being like in the in the drug industry, like as there being a big bag of something there, yeah, yeah. you know, where there might just be a corner of the bag, or there might be a seat of something, or mm. or a little break off of something, or a piece of glass, or anything. So that's what I would be doing or looking you know, at their shirts, see if there's burn holes on their shirts and so forth. Like there's, yeah. there's a million different signs where I'm wondering if the person is who they're saying they are and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Gotcha. Um, and I felt like it was also kind of like a safety thing because now if there's two people in a car and I'm distracted by this other person, this other cop yeah. was just staring at me and it was a female who had these sunglasses. I heard. I just remember staring at her glasses. I'm like, I don't know what she's looking at. And it freaked, I think it freaked me out even more. I'm like, <laughs> it almost felt like I felt like I was doing something wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I thought that was an interesting approach. It was, it was definitely different. It was intimidating for sure. Um, but I, I'm sure I'm like, dang, if you're doing something wrong, I, I would completely panic. I, I'm, that's, I'm not built for that stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that takes a, ter- a certain person to be doing it. I, mean, I don't like to be looking over my shoulder. I don't like to be, you know, any of that, that craziness. But um, And you don't want people to panic either. Like, you want yeah. people to sit there and talk to you. So, I mean, maybe that was one person's approach. My mm-hmm. approach may be different. My approach may be like, hey, you all right? Like, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. talk to you because as soon as you're, you're like, hey, like, all of a sudden you're thinking like, this person wants to talk to me. He's a yeah. normal, I'm a normal person just like anybody else. Yeah. So why wouldn't I talk to you? And you don't want them to panic because anything could happen at that point, right? Are you saying because people are edgy or you don't want people to panic because it just makes it like an awkward thing? Right. When you're nervous, you make mistakes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a given fact. Yeah. So if somebody's nervous, I don't, I don't want them to be nervous. I want yeah. them to feel comfortable. Even if I am going to search their car, even if I'm going to arrest them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I want them to be comfortable because if they're, they make a mistake or they're edgy or they want to, you know, tense up or fight, do whatever it takes. And I don't, I don't want that. I mean, I want that as least as possible. Yeah. You know? So, so in your career thus far, what, what has been like the, the most, you know, thought upon situation that you've ever been or accomplishment uh, that you had thus far? Could it, it doesn't have to be like an award or anything. I'm saying like something that you did, maybe a mission or, uh, you know, uh, from start to finish and you guys did what you set out to do. So there's a there's a so many of them sure. man, to be honest with you. I mean, I've uh, one of my like one of my biggest moments that I I could say like that that I was very proud of. Um, I mean, was obviously the accomplishment of becoming a county detective. I mean, that's that's a a major accomplishment, and that was something I set out to from from day one. That yeah, this is what I wanted to do. Um, one of my proudest moments. I mean, I've had I've had a couple of them, but I. I received a, an award from Red, from Red Cross for uh, saving a suicidal subject off the train tracks. Wow. Um, this was, I was still, I just got to Bristol Township and I was on patrol. Um, there was a guy on the train tracks waiting for a train and there was a, a train coming. Um, so I had to, basically it was either save him or just watch the guy get hit by a train. Yeah. And uh, it's, again, you you want to talk about a moment where you have a second to think and a train's coming at you full speed. It got about, about 20 feet away from us. And I ran up and grabbed them on the train tracks and, uh, and threw them off. And as he, I probably threw him about a good 10 feet off of the train tracks. As he went down, he started clawing his way to get back up. Hmm. So the train's coming full speed. 
and I have to grab him, throw him, and get myself off the tracks. And then I worry enough to grab him and hold him there. And I kid you not, when you feel the wind of that train going by your head, oh my God, it was at a whole nother level. Mm. Um, when I got the award for that, I had his uh, his family come up to me. It was his two sisters and thank me and they started crying and it was it was, it was an emotional thing yeah um so that that was probably one of my uh my my prouder moments when it comes to that yeah. um it was also one of my scariest moments yeah because i mean you know that was it that was the that was the one where it was it was pretty close yeah hmm. um recent prouder moments is just we've we've worked a lot of really good cases yeah. um you know i i just had a uh uh, I just had a, somebody actually get convicted um, where they're going to be doing about 20 years. It wow. is 20 years, actually, for um, they sold uh, heroin slash fentanyl um, to a, a person. They in- ingested it, and then they died. Mm. And, oh, wow. Um, we were able to trace it, um, figure out how he did it, when he did it, um, and then get a conviction for that. And the the effect, you know, that that somebody's dead – is they'll never be back. They'll never be able to come talk to you again. Yeah. And the fact that the family never had that closure as to why this happened. Yeah. Um, when there's a, you know, when, when they have a reason, I feel like it's a little bit easier and accepting. But the fact that this person had an addiction um, and we were able to lock up the person that sold them the drugs, that was, it was, that was pretty rewarding. They actually just uh, donated um, in my name to a hero scholarship. So that was pretty honorable. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, wow, it's dope. What, so, so, so when you hear, when I hear those stories, I'm like, wow, you know, like, it's like a very fulfilling and satisfying thing. Um, is that, you know, I, I, I know obviously your family, but it is, is you have other drivers um, and any other motivations like when you go into you know work every single day? Because in all honesty, obviously you don't you don't work a regular job, right? I mean, um, you literally you put your life on the line every time you go in. Um, what's your motivation? Do you have like an overall goal, or is it just kind of you know I was built for this, I was meant for this, this is what I do? Uh, I I don't know I don't know if I was built for this or meant for this but I'm, I'm going to give it a, the best try I can, you know, yeah. to, to make, to, to be the best at it. So my, my drive is, it's different from others. So I'm kind of a different breed of person, right? Yeah. And I'm not tooting my own horn by any means, sure. but I'm just, I'm kind of like a different breed of a person. So I, I'm given the rare opportunity where I have the tools to help people. Yeah. I can help people out. Like I can yeah. genuinely help people that are hurting other people or that are going to hurt myself. Yeah. And I can also look at things in a different way. I have two children, right? If I can change things to where I can make this area or this world a little bit better for my two kids, yeah. I get to give it my, my best effort in doing that and actually try to do it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, there's a lot of people that do things. I mean, you're doing great things, yeah. you know, and with, with everything that you do, you guys do great things. Um, I get the opportunity to do great things and that's what I'm going to stick with. Yeah. So when I, when I arrest a drug dealer who's selling drugs and polluting our kids and the kids of this area, I got a chance to do a great thing. Yeah. One, one bag of heroin saves a life. Absolutely. You know, I mean, if we can get thousands and thousands and thousands, and I could tell you stories all day long where we've gotten thousands and thousands of bags where 
or not just heroin, I mean meth, I mean anything where yeah. it comes up, I have that opportunity to take that off the street and take that away from people that, that may not even want to do it, that are being pressured into doing it, that are doing it for the first time, that may be um, exposed to it accidentally, you know, and I get that opportunity. So that's my drive. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, cool. So let's switch gears uh, a little bit here. Um, I know the, the, the title, you know, we have bad boys, obviously. It's just, you know, us just messing around, having fun with it. But have you ever had, we always, watch, I mean, growing up, we saw, you know, cops and stuff like that, literally the show Cops. Um, and then they had this show, I don't even know if it still airs, like World's Dumbest Criminals or something like that. You, you see some funny things. Is there, is there, like, has anyone ever, like, ran away from you that you had to actually, like, chase down? Uh, hundreds, <laughs> hundreds, 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 is hundreds. There, is there, like, a good, is there, like, any a good memorable Jesus time of that, though, that oh, you? Oh, man. I, <laughs> um, let me think here. Yeah, we, we've had, we've, there's been some funny ones. There was, uh, uh, let me think of a good one. That's not too bad. Uh, okay, so we had a guy who, Again, it was, a, it was a drug investigation, and he decided to run from us. We just got our tasers, and nobody tased anybody yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we get into a foot chase, and I had my, it was myself and my partner at the time. Um, we pull up on the guy, and I, I got to give my, my partner a quick shout-out because he was the fastest person I ever <laughs> met in my life. So all he wanted to do was chase him. He would catch him. I would get there. We would take care of it and then, you know, arrest him from there. So he goes to chase after him, and I pulled my taser out, and the guy was pretty far away. So I was like, yeah, I'll just try it. Yeah. So I hit him with the taser. He went like a, like a dead fish and just <laughs> plopped on the ground and bounced off the ground. <laughs> and his mom was there, and she looked at me, and she goes, shouldn't have run. <laughs> I said, I agree. And, and she went up to him, and she yelled at him. And so oh, my God. She, told him about, she asked him why he ran. She said he wouldn't be doing it. If he, if he wouldn't be laying on the ground if he didn't run. So. Oh my God, that's Insult too funny! Injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how, wow, far, how far do these things shoot? That was 19 feet. This really that was 19 feet. It worked. That's what I said. I was amazed. <laughs> that guy peed himself. It was bad. I mean, oh, wow. that's too. It funny. got him in the back of the ear and right under his butt. No, <laughs> yeah, because oh, wow. like two prongs or something, right? Yes. Yeah. So the way that it works is you have to make a connection. So it okay. has to be a, like a. It's basically like imagine a positive and negative of a battery, okay. and it has yeah. to make a spark. It's the same thing. <laughs> oh, man, that's so, too funny. funny. Yeah, that was a, uh, it worked. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to test it out, right? That's it. Do you got, you still use that? No. Um, okay. Not, not so much anymore. I he mean, I go to, to. He upgraded to a real gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finally. They, <laughs> they, uh, I go to work in jeans and a t-shirt now, yeah. so it's nicer. So, so you go to work in jeans and a t-shirt because of uh, undercover work that you do, or is it because that's just the nature of what you do? Both. Okay. So even if I'm, the one thing that that they don't tell you in the academy is how much typing you have to do. So I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in the office all the time typing. Yeah. I mean, I have to be able to articulate the things that I've done, yeah. and yeah. and I, and and you have to be truthful, but you have to yeah. remember what you did. So a report always does that. It lets you, you know, reflect on what you've done. Yeah. So we have tons of reports, and and even. Um, like you have to develop probable cause and so forth and do complaints that is even more paperwork so that reflect off of the report that you did. So wow. So I, I get to wear jeans and a T-shirt to answer your question in a roundabout way <laughs> in the office too. Right. Um, but whenever I'm in court or whenever I'm in, I have to testify or go to any type of court, like I'm, it's suit and tie, man. It's all business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Um, now, now, what was the, what would have been 
you know, something that you experienced, like a situation um, that was almost like movie-like with like a drug dealer or something that you're like, I can't believe this. Like, first of all, I'm involved in this, but second of all, like this stuff really happens. Uh, the gum one was pretty, was pretty surreal like that yeah. where that actually happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just all of them are like movies. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's just like a different type of movie. Yeah. Um, you know, there's happy endings and sad endings. Um, I had a guy throw uh, uh, two ounces of, of crack at my at me before, you know, and like you would see that <laughs> something you would see in the movie when they're trying to run, they'll throw yeah. anything at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you. You see them run into their house and they're throwing the kitchen table, throwing a cat at you, you know, and oh running upstairs. That, that was another, that would be a funny story. Guy ran upstairs. Um, I grabbed him and he started to fight with me at the top of the stairs. So I just kind of picked him up and suplexed him. And his, <laughs> again, his mom, his mom came to the top of the stairs and she goes, she goes, what did she say? She said something like, don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. And she goes, but he deserves it. He deserves it. Again, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, I'm not going to hurt him, but as long as he doesn't want to fight back. So, yeah, yeah. I, so that was, you know, like that was, that was pretty movie-like when we went tumbling down the stairs completely. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's too funny. So, yeah. So, so going back to, like, the, uh, like the, the, the goofballs or the bloopers, have you seen, have you seen someone literally just at a, at a level of just dumb that you're just, I can't believe this guy really thinks he's going to get away with this or, um, I don't know, or, or thinks he's convincing you guys he's not who he is? Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you ever watch, there's, like, a famous cops episode, right, where the guys, where they're asking him, like, do you, do you smoke weed? Yeah. And they're asking him, he's like, nope. And he's got a joint in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> so That's great. I always thought that only happens on TV, right? Like, I'm like, nah, yeah, that's yeah. on cops. That ain't right, ever. right. Man, it happened to me. Where I'm asking the guy, I'm like, are you serious? And he had a big brown blunt hanging from his ear. I was like, where's the weed? He's like, I don't smoke weed. I said, yeah. where's it at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't do that. And that's just like funny. in the movie, just like in the show where I, he picked it off his ear. It was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's awesome. That's not mine. That's yeah. Not mine. yeah. How'd I get there? So, so I know you mentioned, you know, what they don't tell you in the academy. Is there anything else that they don't tell you in the academy, uh, whether it's purposely or not purposely, but um, you, you say that, that there's a lot of paperwork and, and I believe it. Is there anything else that, you know, you want to share like what it's not like, like it's not like this, uh, you know, what, what it's portrayed to be kind of deal or, or. So one thing I tell a lot of people is, uh, with being a cop, like you have to dedicate yourself. You have to, um, they do tell you how to do the job in the Academy. They tell you, uh, they, they tell, they teach you a lot of good things, but they don't actually tell you like there's, your, your feelings when you're in there and, and, and the things that, that you need a good support system. Like yeah. that, that's one big thing. Like uh, one of my big things is you have to have that. I always tell everybody when I would go to speak in the academies is just go home tonight and explain to your significant other, your parents, whoever, you're going to be working nights. You're probably going to miss a lot of Christmases. You're, you're not going to be around every holiday. Um, you know, you're going to be working weekends. You're going to miss out on a lot of things. But let them know that ahead of time so they know what they're getting into. And yeah. that's one of the big things. Like, I mean, I've missed many Christmases. Yeah. You know, I've, I've missed a lot of things. Um, I've missed a lot of family picnics. Um, and I, I, that's one thing I always tell them. So that's one thing they don't tell you in the academy. Yeah. So, and, and the hours, the hours are crazy. I mean, yeah. you could be working nights one week, days the next. And then depending on what you want to do, if you want to do something special, 
you have to dedicate yourself for that. So those are some things that they don't tell you. So, so is it when you say shifts? What what are the shifts? Are they eight hour, twelve hour? What's your? So, Tully Town and Bristol Township they were eight hour shifts. Okay. Um, and then I think it's every six weeks they switch um, their shifts. So it's it's uh, seven to three, three to eleven, eleven to seven. Um, so they're eight hour shifts. It was the same in Tully Town, Bristol. Or I'm sorry, in Falls Township, they're twelve hour shifts, um, where every other weekend you get a three day weekend which is nice. Nice, yeah, yeah. But the 12-hour shifts are better for your family life and better for you at, at, when you're at home. And, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can actually have a, you can actually make plans a little bit. Right. Um, so those, those are the main shifts. You don't really see 10-hour shifts too much okay. anymore. Now, is there, is there like, how, how do you guys um, coordinate with other townships? Is that, does that ever happen or, you know, kind of when there's borderline you know, something's going down between two townships. How, how does that work? Do you guys communicate with each other? or, or how, how, I don't even know how that would... Yeah, all the time. So I, I left my current job out. Current job is Monday through Friday, by the way. Oh, gosh. So. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> so as a county detective, that's one of the perks is you get every weekend off, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so there, you always have to communicate. It, it, there's always deconfliction, especially... In, in the type of work that I do, yeah. you have to deconflict with everybody. So you have to have a good rapport. Um, you also have to trust those people. Um, one of the things that I have to do, one of my duties is that I have to overlook a lot of the other departments and uh, with, uh, with their operations that they're doing. Um, so I, I get the opportunity to listen in on and hear what they're doing with, with their cases and so forth. Um, so, the communication is huge, man. You have to, I mean, you can call them, you gain your connections. If not, you can call the radio room, ask, you know, we ask for the supervisors, but there's always got to be communication because I don't want to be, as a county detective, my jurisdiction is Bucks County. Yeah. There's a lot of towns in Bucks County. Yeah. So I don't want to be, huge. exactly. I don't want to be in Bristol Borough and uh, doing, some, doing some type of operation and them not know about it. And all of a sudden they come up on me and they may not know who I am. Right. And then something, you know, something bad could happen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would think so, especially cause you're saying, uh, uh, you wear jeans and t-shirt or whatever to work. Them knowing actually who you are. Is, is there like reunions or something where you all meet up and say, you know, introduce yourself outside of, you know, the whole, you know, work thing. Sometimes. I mean, you know, you get, you get close with friends. I mean, yeah. not every cop hangs out with every cop I sure mean, you know a couple of them I'm, I'm pretty close with and i've been around now for a long time since yeah. 2005 so yeah. i i'm a lot of people know who i am in these towns so i can i always have connections and people that i can call and talk to and so forth gotcha um all right so so you talked about uh you know like the hours you work and now that you work monday through friday how did you manage? You said you did miss a couple holidays and, and you know, family events. How did you manage? Because uh, you're married with two kids. So I know that's not easy with home life all the time. Um, how does one manage that and still kind of hold the fort down, so to speak? Uh, it's tough. It, it yeah. is, and it's really hard, to be honest. Yeah. It's um, my – I have – I got to, again, like I said, when I, when I went to the academies, I would talk to the people and tell them to go have a talk with their significant others, their parents. I've done that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm married. I have an amazing wife. She, she takes, she holds it down, man. Honestly, yeah. I just, 
Yeah. I'm coming off of a case now where I wasn't home at all. Yeah. Um, for about four months, you know, I would just be, you know, in and out like, Hey, how you doing? You know, thank God for FaceTime. So I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, see yeah. everything. Yeah. And, uh, so the support system at home is huge. I mean, yeah. everybody's got problems, right? Everybody sure. has issues that they deal with nor on a day to day basis. And yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my kids, the, the worst thing you, you hear is when your kids say, I, I, I miss you, daddy. When you coming home, can I yeah. see you this weekend? Yeah. Um, and it's hard to separate that sometimes because you can see the finish line on that case. Yeah. And you got to go all in. Yeah. And to make sure that bad people go to jail is what I always say to my kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I have to do. So it, the, your support system at home, man, is huge. And I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping my wife listens to this cause I'm yeah. pretty sure she will. I know she does. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I, I want to be able to, to put it out there, man. She's, she truly is like that. That's where the backbone comes in at. Like I, that's awesome. Um, so, so you, you mentioned you speak at the academy, you speak at schools. What, what specifically are your, are your talks on? Um, is there a specific topic or you just kind of, I, I, there, there's a bunch, my, my main topic is drugs. I mean, okay. I, that's what I do. That's what I know yeah. about. I mean, that's what I've done all this time. Um, but I talk about what, like what my job entails when it comes to that, just like I just did with you. Like, I mean, yeah. it's not all, it's not all like you know, kicking the door in and running in and yeah, you know, yeah, screaming. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I've done that. You know, we do that and it's great. It's, it's a, that's the cool part, you know? Right. Sure. But the paperwork to get to that point is crazy. And then, yeah. you know, and so I'll explain that to them. Um, the paperwork and then to actually do it and then go to court and, and move on from there. You know, that, that's, the, that's the tough part. And that's, that's where you want, you know, that's what you want to explain to people. Like, hey, you know, one of the other things that I always explain to them is... There, a lot of the schools, like I'll go teaching colleges and stuff like that. Yeah. I always, ex- you know, that, that, that age group is from what, 18 to 21 around. around. Right. I always explain to them, like, whatever decisions you make today, right, are the decisions that are going to follow you the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Make good decisions today, even if you don't want to be a cop, even if you don't want to be in any type of law enforcement or public safety or anything like that. Make the right decision today because it'll follow you. And with police we you know when you get hired you have to take a polygraph yeah there's not a lot that you can hide in that yeah so you want to be able to go with a good conscience and say i've never done this i have done this i've never done this so that's one of the big things i always i I preach man big time the decisions you make right now will affect you for 10 years from now so make good decisions yeah basically so so being away from the family um, staying focused um, on 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 cases, how do you how do you maintain that over time? Right. So a lot of people, it's kind of like a diet or something like that. So a lot of people can get excited and and, and stay on you know on a in a diet for two three weeks, but you're saying f- uh, something that's four months. How does one stay disciplined? Uh, you know enough to you know close a case right? let alone like it's not four days and anyone could do it for four days well not anyone but i'm saying you know the majority of people could but four months that's a whole other beast mm-hmm. right like the mental toughness and 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 the stability that your brain and your emotions that you have to keep in check um is there techniques that you use or just kind of you you see you see the goal and you're good uh one of the things i do is um i I'm going to kind of go off on a little bit of a yeah. little side bender here. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I do is I train jujitsu, mm-hmm. right? I, I train at BJJ United. Um, 
I have one of the best instructors. He's a great coach. And one of the things that you do in jujitsu is you're put in awkward positions. Okay. You're, you could train against a guy. I'm, I'm 195 pounds usually. With the holidays, I went up to 205. So I'm about sure. 205 <laughs> right now. Um, so one of the things they do, you could have a guy that's 150 pounds, 155 pounds, basically make you feel immobile and put you in a really awkward position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been training long enough to where I've been in many, many, many awkward positions where it, it actually humbles you as a person. Yeah. Um, it makes me, it, it, it makes you think, it makes you calm down. You can't panic because if you panic, you're done. Yeah, you, yeah, You're tapping right away, right? Yeah. Um, but if you calm down and think, there's a way out and then you can get out that way. So you always have to, it, it brings you, I, I, Recently, I, I received my black belt in jiu-jitsu. And one nice. of the things I said is, it, it, this is what centers me. Like, this brings me to where, back to reality. Right, 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 right. Um, so I love going there because it brings me back to reality. I love to do that because it, it, you, you don't think about anything else mm -hmm. except for what you're doing in that time. Right. So I relate a lot of that, my jiu-jitsu, to my, my police work is sometimes I just need to take a breather. If you panic and act off a reaction, yeah. you're not always making the right decision. Yeah. So with, with, my, with my work, jujitsu has actually allowed me to calm down, think about it, and go about it the right way. So as far as the, the work in, in four months, it's, I knew there was an end game, and I wanted to get to that end game. Yeah. I probably could have did it in two months, but it wouldn't be as as uh, rewarding as I did in four months. We wouldn't have gotten as many people. We wouldn't be able to do, um, have as many, uh, as much evidence as we needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can rush through things. You know, nobody likes going through things or everybody likes going through things real fast and just, hey, look what we did. Right. Mm -hmm. But to, to calm down and to breathe, just like when I'm getting choked out or, you know, yeah. when, when I have somebody's you know, knee on my sternum, it's the yeah. same thing. Calm down, breathe. There's a way out. You can do it. And that's, that's what I always related to. So, so uh, what made you get into jujitsu? Uh, I actually started training when I was uh, a kid. I was seven. My uh, stepdad owned a karate school. Oh, cool. And I started out in just, you know, taekwondo karate and did it until I was about 15. Uh, I stopped for a little while. And then uh, I, you know, you went through work, high school, the, all those ages. I went to college for a little bit, came back, um, decided that, I, I wanted to lift weights, so I was just lifting, 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 lifting. And I always said to myself, um, you know, weights don't fight back. Right. So I could be the strongest person in the, in the world and lift as many weights as I want, but they, those weights don't fight back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started, uh, I, a buddy of mine that I actually used to work with, I actually was his training officer, he, um, he told me about a place in Jenkintown. Okay. And uh, the rest is history, man. I met the coach. He's one of my close friends. We're we're we're, we're awesome. thick as thieves, man. And he's a, sure. you know, not only he, he, I, I consider him family to me. Sure. You know, so he he became like a family member, and uh, I can shout him out real quick. Jared yeah. Weiner from BJJ United. Nice. Um, so he he's one of my uh, he not only is he a, a good coach, but he's also a mentor in the things that he's accomplished and, and done. Um, so his his training is just. It, it's out of this world. So I just stuck with it, man. And, you know, when, when you're not going, say you miss a couple of days, all of a sudden you're getting that text message or that call like, hey, everything okay? Where are you at? What's going on? And he knows the line of work I do. Yeah. Um, so he kind of understands. But 
he gives you that extra push, like, hey, I want you in this weekend. Let's get your head right. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, Joe, just thinking uh, myself, now, meanwhile, I might have like an anxiety issue here, but I, I tend to like think how, how my day went, what, what I could have done better, or what did I miss, what could I have possibly um, you know, improved upon. There's like certain traumatic things that happen, you know, in my life where I just it literally keeps you up at night. Mm. There's a lot of fast-paced things that you've seen or you you know you 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 encounter. Um, maybe not as much as you know when you first got started, but is there anything you know? Do you remember times where you just literally sleepless nights, like f- like freaking you out, like what the heck? That, so many things could have went wrong, and I'm, I can't believe I'm still here. You know, like is there? You experienced that at all? Yeah. So we're going to get a little emotional in here. But yeah. So um, there's a couple things. Like, uh, a couple things that, that really come to mind with it. Uh, one of the, one of my, uh, I, I guess one of the hardest moments um, as being a cop is I wasn't on very long. And uh, we were, uh, myself and my partner at the time, were patrolling the, uh, one of the areas here in Bristol Township. It was actually in like Venice Ashby area. Okay. Um, and a little kid ran across the road and got hit by a car. Mm. Um, we were there about 20 seconds after it happened, and the kid was five. Oh. Um, and the, the kid basically died in my arms. Oh, wow. Um, so we, we sat there. We tried everything we could do. I mean, it, you, you don't realize, um, you don't appreciate life as much as you do as when you're literally doing CPR on, on a five-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. trying to prevent them from taking their last breath. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that one was very hurtful. Um, there was another one where there was a young girl. Um, she was 11, and she had, like, uh, she would have seizures. Um, we'll, we'll just say it was in uh, February. Uh, she had a seizure, and she stopped breathing. And I, was, I, I got there fast enough. Um, I did CPR. I cleared her airway. She had food in there. Um, and brought her back and, and resuscitated her. And she was actually, she started breathing again and, and she was good. Um, about two months later, that, um, that girl had another episode and she uh, actually uh, didn't make it. And wow. again, she died, she literally died in my arms. Mm. Um, and it, it's, you know, in both of those cases, um, with her, you know, I, with the second one, it was it was a little bit later on in my career, and I had my my daughter already. Yeah. Um, and my wife was pregnant at the time with my son, mm. so um, you appreciate the life that you do have at that time. So yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I that that one was tough because that when when I worked in Bristol Township, I was assigned to um, Venice Ashby, Winter Village, Bloomsdale, um, and I got to know a, a lot of the great people in in those neighborhoods and I got to really appreciate the people in those neighborhoods and really appreciate you know what they stood for and and what they did within those communities to um to make them better yeah and to this girl's grandmother was a a community leader who who did great things and to see the hurt in her eyes um it it just you know and not only that I mean I I can understand it's that's a little girl man you know I mean my daughter's about to be 10 and that that's it, it hurts you so that one definitely those ones stay with me now like to where i'll still wake up 
and think about it um and and try to you know i mean listen i'm a human being i'm a person as much as people want to think that we're robots or we want you know we're we're people too we have good and bad days yeah um we have emotions you know i didn't leave there making jokes about you know where am i going to go eat or something like that afterwards i left there and i you know i i I cried like a baby yeah Mm. um we actually when when she got to the hospital uh, we had to tell the family and they almost started a riot out in in the lobby so now i have to switch gears real quick you know i'm I'm an emotional i'm I'm an emotional wreck because i just had the girl that i've seen you know i've seen her since she was a a a little girl yeah you know grow up to be you know 11 and you know die as well and then i have to switch gears and try to calm them down so it was it was tough but so those ones those ones like are forever burned in my head i mean yeah there's a lot of funny ones too but those ones are like those ones are forever burned in my head yeah it's like uh super humbling on top of like the the reality of you know of of things that's wild um the the last thing before before we head out just one thing i know we we always talk about um staying on the the cusp of you know educating ourselves or or you know mental toughness i know you do jujitsu is there anything that you or or you know other podcasts that you listen to or books that you read that you kind of uh you know, to kind of expand your mind outside of, you know, the everyday uh, craziness, I guess. Um, is there, do you read, do you listen to other podcasts, do you educate any other way? Or I'm, I'm, I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, hell yeah. Um, I do listen to Joe Rogan's podcast quite often. Yeah. Um, and his topics are all over, so yeah, you get it. That, that's probably like an education in itself, the the from the guests that he has on there and then just obviously hit, he, he's a trip himself, but that's awesome. And he's also a big jujitsu guy. So. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, a lot of the things that I do, like I, so I have a family. I, I, you know, I don't really get a chance to actually sit down and read a book. Sure. Um, I stay up to date on, on more of like the current events that are going on in law and stuff, which is, you know, we have to stay on, on top of that. Right. Um, I do get a chance to, you know, I listen to, to, to podcasts i I, i'm i'm real i I love motivational stuff yeah yeah um as i said i came off a four month um part of an investigation that's been over a year um i you know i'll I'll give a good quick story there's some tough days man when it comes that and to listen to things you know and and one of the things i said to you actually um give you a big shout out was i had a i had a tough week like a really tough week and i would always listen to like like I, I listen to like Will Smith, you know, I yeah. listen to, uh, I, I would just YouTube motivational videos. Right, right, right. And it, that day that I, I, I was having like a really rough go, um, I check Instagram and you posted your, your video that you yeah. had. Yeah. And, uh, and I literally catch myself like almost shadow boxing, like to yeah. get the aggression out that I had in me and like right. to, to, to push forward. Right. So I listened to like, there's a lot of things. So so one of the things I do listen to is you, man. Like you motivated me nice, awesome. to push up to the next level, and that's awesome. and it worked, man. It, it yeah. does. So that's that's one of my big things. Like I don't, I I can't sit there and, and I don't have time to read a book right now. But like things yeah, like absolutely. that, that that pushes me, you know, to go to the next level. And, and I'm telling you, I listen to you when I'm heading to jujitsu, you know, or like nice. things. They, I, that that's what pushes me. That's so. awesome. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, guys, that was not a setup or layup by any means. That's awesome, though. I, I appreciate that. That's badass. And it's funny because you go out on these journeys and you don't realize the people that you impact. I'm sure when you first started out um, in your, you know, your journey of uh, law enforcement, or, or maybe it was that you would actually impact and be able to teach uh, to, to the younger kids or, or um, you know, just motivating them or I- explaining to them, number one, what you're getting yourself into or setting them up a little bit better than you had set yourself up. Uh, so, the, I mean, life is crazy the way, you know, it, it throws us these little loopholes. Um, but it's the people we are on a day-to-day basis that kind of helps get us through and, and our support system, as you mentioned, your wife, um, without them, I mean, this whole thing would just fall to you know shambles. I mean, who else is holding down the fort right now? Uh, but my wife right now. You know what I mean? It's it's this crazy things like we can't do this, you know, without that support system. So being able to at least even recognize is one thing, but to appreciate and have the gratitude towards that, um, that's just a whole other type of blessing. So. Good stuff. All right, cool. So there you have it, folks. Uh, we like to wrap our episodes up with quotes, and the first one is by Marcus Aurelius. Poverty is the mother of crime. And uh, the second one is Jeff Foxworthy. If your neighbors think you're a detective because a cop always brings you home, you might be a redneck. Uh, <laughs> and on to something funny. Um, all right, so there you have it, bad boys. In this episode, we had special guest Jared Eisenhower, Bucks County detective. We cover topics that range from law enforcement, bad boy bloopers, the art of detective work, going undercover, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Jeff Foxworthy and Marcus Aurelius. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.